This law was then called unconstitutional. Members, I, I can't support a bill, in my opinion, that underestimates the power and strength of women. This is an important uh, bill to try to bring greater equity. People should be put on boards that uh, are best represent the business, and that could be anybody's skin color. Diversity should be in corporations' DNA and not just checking a box, and I think this is a strong measure. You're taking a whole host of people off the table simply for the characteristics that they were born into. I mean, I think that's a very perverted uh, concept of justice, and it's certainly one that's not supported by our Constitution. The state will become the first to require that every publicly traded company has at least one woman on its board of directors. There is a bill in California right now to force public companies to put at least one woman on their board. It's hard for me to see a downside to this in general. But the fact of the matter is we need more women on boards. We would all be better off if no state, no government felt compelled to have to pass this kind of law. California passed two laws to force a diversity quota for board members in public companies. According to these laws, a board of six members was forced to have at least three women and two members from minority groups or LGBTQ, otherwise facing a hefty penalty of $100,000 per year and public shame. Even though the government said, hey, let's just, you guys can all just add another seat and then fill it that way, what we saw actually was a lot of corporations not adding corporate seats, but instead kicking people off of uh, the board or people stepping down and retiring in order to make way for a new person. My guest today is Anastasia Boudin, senior attorney at Pacific Legal Foundation, one of the groups that sued California government over this law. Today she'll explain why these laws are unconstitutional and how it could adversely affect the workforce in California. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Hey, thanks for having me. We want to talk to you about a law that was passed in California in 2018, which got required corporations to have more diversity on their boards, having uh, women and minorities, and since then, the percentage went from 15% women and minorities to 30% in 2022. This law was then called unconstitutional by courts in the state, and your firm was part of fighting this. Why? Well, a state court judge ruled these laws, the minimum female requirement and underrepresented community requirement, unconstitutional because they violate the Equal Protection Clause of the state constitution. The state constitution and the federal constitution both promise individuals that they won't be treated differently on the basis of their race or sex. And yet that's exactly what this law does. It requires boards to hire based on race or sex. So it flips equality on its head. And a judge said that that can't stand. There's no good reason that can justify that type of unequal treatment. How did the judge come to that conclusion? Well, both sides presented evidence. Uh, the government had argued that these quotas were aimed at remedying discrimination. And the government largely relied on disparities in representation. But what it failed to do was prove that any of those disparities were a result of actual discrimination. So that, to take a step back, the government can only 
pass laws on the basis of race or sex under very, very narrow circumstances because it's such an inherently pernicious thing to do. And the court has said that the government has to have a really good reason. And one of the reasons, very few reasons are accepted by courts, but one of the reasons that the government can use race or sex is if it's remedying discrimination. And so the government in this case came in and said, look at all this discrimination, and the court said, I don't see it. I don't think that these disparities in representation can all be chalked up to discrimination. And not only that, quotas are a very poor remedy for discrimination. They don't make sure that individuals who were discriminated against get some sort of compensation. They just treat everybody as interchangeable members of the same group and just say, hey, some people were discriminated against and so we're going to benefit these other individuals. It's treating us all on the basis of group membership. Um, and so ultimately, they're also arbitrary. Why was it three women needed to be on the board? Why not four? Why not five? Why not one? It's just an arbitrary quota that is a very poor remedy for discrimination. And so for that reason, the laws had to fail. Now, the proponents of this law, they were saying, oh, we have to have a force mechanism because and they're saying, oh, it did work. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that actually goes to show why the law is so bad, because now every person who was hired under these quotas is chalked up to be a quota hire. They're looked at as a product of government help rather than earning that promotion on their own merit. And that's especially a tragedy given that the government is kind of playing fast and loose with the, with the facts here, because although there was a disparity in representation, current hiring patterns were very, very good. So if you take just women, for example, they were earning 40% of board seats each year, which is nearly half. But under the quota, even though 40% of those seats would have gone to women anyway without the quota, now that California passed a quota, everybody, including the proponents of these laws, are saying, oh, look what great things we did for these women. We made sure that they got to the boardroom. And I think that's really patronizing to, to the beneficiaries of these quotas. It, it undermines their achievements that they may have gotten even without uh, government help. So the people that are now on these boards, so let's say the women that got on the boards or people of color that got on these boards, and could they be looked at differently? They say, okay, we had to bring this person on because we had to have somebody of this gender or this color. And I think that's exactly right. It relegates these people to quota hires and it also sows a, a lot of resentment because what happens is that the people who are doing making the hiring decisions are only looking at certain groups for certain seats. So there might be an open seat and they say, hey, we have to fill the quota. We can only look at people of these certain races or uh, this certain gender or this certain sexual orientation and it leaves other people out and that's why that's the flip side of quotas right is you're benefiting some people but you're burdening others solely on the basis of their race or sex and so um, I think it's a very harmful thing for our society so essentially you're discriminating against if somebody was really qualified but it wasn't that gender or race then you're essentially discriminating against them to find somebody else the opposite one or that's right. You're taking a whole host of people off the table simply for the characteristics that they were born into. I mean, I think that's a very perverted uh, concept of justice, and it's certainly one that's not supported by our Constitution, which is intended that people be treated as individuals and not be discriminated against or not even be treated beneficially because of their race or sex. It's supposed to, to ensure that people are treated without regards to those characteristics. So based on the information you have, what was the data 
before these laws passed. Based on the data we got, 15, the board members, 15% of them were women, and, and then now there is, is 30%. Is that number correct, or was it? That's about correct, and so there have been gains made by women and uh, underrepresented communities because of this law. But again, it's not to say that that's because of the law, because even though there were disparities, those are lasting disparities probably from years ago. Um, but in any event, all of these groups had made very large strides in recent years. So they were already nearing parity each year annually. They just hadn't caught up in terms of representation. And so you can say the law worked, but uh, I think that's that's playing a little uh, fast and loose with the facts because in actuality these groups were doing quite well. And anyway, you know, disparities are not always the cause of discrimination. Disparities can be caused by a lot of things, by the choices of the individuals um, who are choosing who to who to uh, pardon me what. Uh, uh, professions to enter into, what industries they want to enter into. And so just because there's disparities in one industry, well actually women are very overrepresented in other industries. Publishing is a great example where there's more women than men. And so these are just disparities that are not necessarily due to discrimination, they're due to individual choices. And to just call, you know, to say, well, we have low representation of women, to say that's all about discrimination, I think that's not true. It's just, it's a, it's a mentality of, of seeing a disparity and assuming discrimination, rather than looking at what's the real root cause of that uh, disparity. Diversity is something that we really cherish in this country, and it actually does a lot for us. When you, when you have a board, when you have a company with a board that has people with different perspectives and different views, and the people that are proponent of this law, don't they want to bring this diversity into the boardrooms? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the problem is that the proponents have such a narrow view of diversity. They see as diversity as good because they think that people of certain groups all behave a certain way or believe a certain thing or bring any one thing to the table. They haven't uh, proposed something that would lead to true diversity, ideological diversity, um, diversity of uh, wealth or uh, place in the country. The only diversity that they see is racial or gender-based diversity. And they're doing it on the basis, again, that women are all, uh, they bring a certain type of leadership to the table, or they think that people of certain races all bring a certain unique perspective. No, we are all individuals. True diversity means respecting the individuality of each person and not pigeonholing them based solely on their race or sex. Do you think there could be some side effects from this kind of laws if they, if there's a force forcing this kind of diversity? Yeah, well, like I said, I do think it disparages the achievements of people who are hired under these quotas. Um, one thing we also saw is that other states are very emboldened by these quotas and have started proposing their own quotas. You know, they say California is a leader in the nation and people look to California to see what's happening here and then start proposing their own laws that follow. So we've seen that in other states. And even California itself, it seems that this was all sort of a test, right? It started with the woman quota. The next year they passed an underrepresented community quota. And this is all for publicly traded companies only. But then just recently, uh, the California legislature has introduced a bill that would impose a quota on government boards. So you can see how this is just step by step. Um, they're sort of testing it out to see if it will stick legally. And then they're trying to extend their quotas. And the proponents of this law, they, they believe that this is a good thing for women. Mm -hmm. And you were fighting it, and you don't believe that, right? That's, that's, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I would be a beneficiary, right? And I think I think it's a terrible thing. I think it's very patronizing to tell me what's good for me, um, what's good for my career, that I need help in the boardroom if I were to go apply for, for that type of position. I think it's incredibly patronizing. It's also very much based on stereotypes. So to take the woman quota in particular, um, the legislature passed this on the basis that not only did they want to remedy um, disparities, but also they said women bring something special to corporate boards. And they didn't leave it at that. They also wrote out all the things that they think women do for corporate boards. They say, well, women care more about corporate sustainability. Um, women tend to have a transformative leadership style. They say that women tend to carry less corporate debt, meaning that they're more essentially um, risk averse, prudent. I mean, these are stereotypes about women that they're relying on. And I feel, I feel that's very offensive. I don't want to be pigeonholed by the government. I don't want the government to be telling companies why they should hire women because they think, the government thinks that women are a certain way. Um, and even if it's true that on the whole, uh, women as a group have more char certain characteristics more than men. That doesn't mean that each individual woman has that characteristic. And so that's why we don't allow the government to pass laws based on stereotypes. Because even if they hold true for a group, it's very demeaning for the individuals within that group. It expects them to behave a certain way. And I find that very offensive. What was the penalty? The penalty was $100,000, and how are they going to implement that? Yeah, so uh, it's very interesting because what they essentially did was they created a shame list. So each corporation has to report whether it complies with the quota, and then the Secretary of State publishes the names of all the corporations that are complying. And so there's a dual aspect to this. On the one hand, uh, they were fining people $100,000 for each seat that wasn't filled appropriately. Um, per year, was it? Yes, each year. Not, but not only that, I think they were very much relying on this shameless, trying to shame corporations for not complying and therefore get public pressure um, to change uh, these corporations' behavior. And was it uh, any size company or was it certain size companies? Yeah, so this is a really interesting part too, is that the quota depended on the size of the company. So uh, for a corporation with four board members or less, you had to have at least two women. Um, for a corporation of five board members, you had to have, sorry, that was one woman. For five board members, it's two women, plus now an underrepresented community member. And then as it gets better, as, it, as the corporation's board gets bigger, the quota increases. Now, the interesting part about that is that it turns out that representation is actually highest on the biggest boards. So if we're truly concerned about remedying discrimination here, we're doing it exactly backwards. It should be the biggest corporations who have the lowest quota because they've been the best in terms of hiring women in underrepresented communities. And it should be the smaller corporations that have the biggest quotas because they're the biggest offenders, according to the government. And just goes to show how arbitrary this entire thing is. It has no tie to discrimination. It's just the government deciding how many people of each group they want on a corporate board. And now where is this going? I guess uh, you guys won the lawsuit and then the, the, are they going to challenge you? But that's what the state mentioned, right? So we have a lawsuit in federal court brought under the federal constitution because we want to set the precedent nationwide that the government can't engage in this sort of thing. It can't be dividing us on the basis of our race or sex, and it can't be mandating private parties um, to discriminate uh, under the guise of helping uh, you know, these individuals. 
But there was also a state court lawsuit brought under the state constitution, and that's the case that just got a favorable decision and struck the law down. Now, that case is gonna be appealed. And while it is appealed all the way up to the California Supreme Court, we're gonna still continue to pursue our case in federal court and ultimately, we'll just have to see what happens um, until this gets to the very last appellate court. For us, it would be the Supreme Court. For this other case, it would be the California Supreme Court. We'll have to see what happens. Another argument that the proponents of these bills are saying is that uh, a lot of these decisions for boards are done in golf courses, among the communities that know each other, and certain categories of people, like people of color or, or, um, or women, are left out of these groups. And therefore, government has to force for minorities and women to have a seat at the table. Yeah, you can see how stereotypical even that assumption is. They say, well, corporate boards are comprised of a bunch of old white men who make all of their decisions at sports games. And then they say sports games are a gendered activity that women certainly don't want to go to. And also um, minorities are excluded from. Now, that's an assumption that, again, isn't necessarily backed by the evidence. But let's say that it were. It would not justify a quota. A quota is one of the most pernicious things the government can do. It's requiring people to hire others on the basis of race or sex. What it justifies, because it's not even discrimination, it's just saying like people, um, people on the corporate boards like to hang out with their friends and they kind of just choose among their circle of friends and they don't advertise these positions. They don't really truly vet others. Um, they don't consider outside people. Well, what the government can do then is to require, let's say, corporations to hire a minimum number of people or to publicly advertise uh, the post or, you know, all of these race or sex neutral alternatives rather than jumping to the most egregious uh, remedial measure, which is a quota. If you think that there's some sort of lack of transparency in the hiring process, then mandate transparency in the hiring process. But don't just force people now to treat people differently on the basis of race or sex. Now, you mentioned that some people, uh, you had cases where some people were discriminated because of this coda. Can you tell us some of these examples? Yeah, well, certainly we saw uh, a lot of people step down from corporate boards. And then you saw uh, uh, women or people from underrepresented communities come in. That's what you have to probably do, right? If you have five people or six people on the board and there's five male and one female, probably if you want to get to three, is that how? It well, that's right, because the government, their whole argument was this isn't very much of a burden for corporations. Just add another seat. Add one more seat, and then you don't have to discriminate against anybody. What's, what type of burden is that? Well, actually, the size of corporate boards is a very important decision to the corporation. It is not just a small thing to add one more seat. First of all, you know, these, these boards, uh, they entail compensation, so it's a lot of compensation. But also, it grinds up the system. It adds another person to account for. It changes the whole dynamic. I mean, this is something that's really unique to each corporation and should be decided by the corporation itself, not the government. And so even though the government said, hey, let's just, you guys can all just add another seat and then fill it that way, what we saw actually was a lot of corporations not adding corporate seats, but instead kicking people off of uh, the board or people stepping down and retiring in order to make way for a new person. So essentially those people had to leave 
Yeah, and that's always going to be the result of quotas is, you know, there will be beneficiaries, but there will be people harmed too. There will be people who will never have a shot at an open seat. And there will be people who have to go because to make way for the people who are now being hired under the quota. Do you think this kind of push for diversity on the boards is going to go inside the companies, the people that are pushing for this to have forced diversity, you know, in a way? Do you think they would do that inside companies at some point where you have to hire X amount of female, X amount of this race? There is no logical stopping point for why it should only be at the corporate board level. If you really care about equality only in terms of group outcome and you think that balance is important for its own sake, which the government has said, why shouldn't that carry down to other positions? Why shouldn't it carry it out to other parts of society? And I think we're seeing that. We're seeing that with these expanded quotas in California now, the proposition having to do with government boards. We're also seeing it in schools. We have several lawsuits at my law firm where there are schools that are throwing, public schools, that are throwing out their admissions criteria to make is it the UC systems, some of them? Is the UC systems part of them? Or? We're seeing uh, our, our lawsuits have to do with K through 12 education. So this is going all the way down to five-year-olds where these government bodies are now looking at the composition of their school. And these are some of the best schools in the nation. They tend to be charter schools, magnet schools. They look at their racial composition and they say, mm, there's too many of this one racial group. There's too few of this other group. Oh, definitely too many of these types of people. And they're actually changing their admissions criteria because they think they have too many kids of one race. I think that's a really heinous thing to do in our society under the guise of uh, equity or justice. It's denying the individual children their dignity, their opportunity, solely because we think you know equality based on group outcome is important. Do you think this is going to make us racist because we're going to look at everybody with their race and then decide based on, say, okay, you're in this category, you're in this category, and are, are we going that direction? Yeah, well, it certainly brings race to mind, right? I mean, these people are... Or gender also. Or like. gender, right. They're seeing everything through a lens of race or gender and disparity, and they see any disparity as needing to be remedied. It's seeking equality in all spaces for the sake of it, rather than individual treatment, rather than uh, equality of treatment. And so... I think absolutely that it it puts those things front of mind and it makes them important. It elevates the very characteristics that should be least interesting. The least important thing to us should be our race, the things that we're born into. And yet it makes that the most important thing in every conversation, in every workplace. It's just reinforcing that. And uh, I think that's something that we should be striving to do less of, not more. At this stage, from what we can see in California, we have natural diversity. People from all over the world come here and we have good engineers, we have doctors, we have different professional people that are coming here and they've contributed a lot to this state. Do you think this uh, forcing the diversity here, do you think it's going to clash with the natural diversity we have or does it have, is it going to make it better? What are your thoughts? Well, it's artificial diversity. What the government is doing is imposing its own idea of diversity. And basically, it's seeking balance for its own sake, not any sort of diversity that comes from individual choices, not diversity that comes from opening up positions and saying, hey, let the best person win, no matter your background. Come on in and, and let's, let's have a diversity of perspectives 
lives and whoever can make it and wants to be there, um, let's let that flourish. Instead, California is saying, no, we think balance for its own sake its own sake. And I think that sort of artificial diversity isn't something that should be considered a goal. Why is why is group-based outcome even important? It's totally artificial. And in fact, it requires discrimination because any time that there is exact equal representation on the basis of your group membership, that means that somebody's had to be tinkering with it. Because even if you were pulling names out of a hat, if you had your eyes closed and you were pulling names out of a hat, you wouldn't have exact uh, group-based representation, right? All of this comes from the wants and the needs of the people who are applying for that job, who pursue that certain industry, who go to college at whatever place. Um, and so it's only when the government is engaging in this type of balancing that you get discrimination. And so that's why I don't think that type of group-based balance is a diversity worth seeking. I think what's, what's important is that we allow individuals to pursue their own choices and to enjoy the, the diversity that's so prevalent in California and this country because of the liberty and the freedom that we've given people to pursue their individual choices. Now, do you think th if this gets widespread into the society as it's going and into the companies and everywhere, what do you think can be a side effect of it? Do you think there will be any side effects from this? Well, I think the side effect is denying opportunity to individuals. I think that now if you apply for a job, you know that you may not be welcome there if there's too many of people from your same race, even though that's no fault of your own. Um, you just happen to be born into a certain group. It now means that you may not be able to get the job because there is a mandated quota. Um, and you know, unfortunately, it's my job to sue the government. I, the Constitution is my tool, and the Constitution only applies to the government. But unfortunately, this is a societal problem too. It's, you know, people outside of the government are doing this on their own voluntary um, basis. And it's something that I think is really dangerous to a society that values individualism, individual dignity, equality. Um, it's a trend that, that could eventually end up affecting us all. So essentially you're saying if I'm part of a race and let's say I was Indian and I was in the technology space and a lot of Indian people are in the technology space, and they're really good at it. And there might be too many of that race in the technology space, and then they probably have to go do something else that they might not be good at. Is that what? It seems crazy, but it's true. You know, we were speaking about the K through 12 schools. And what ends up happening is our clients are very often Asian students because Asian communities are doing very well in these magnet schools. Um, many of them are first generation and they are parents and children who really appreciate the opportunity that America has to offer and are working hard and they're succeeding. But now, because they do so well in these magnet schools, the government is literally now trying to kick these children out because it says there's too many of them. So this is real. It sounds absurd, but it's crazy that we are having children kicked out of public education because the government thinks, well, there's enough of your group. And you can see what that does at an individual level. It just denies people their individual dignity and opportunity. Now, do you have any other thoughts for our audience? I think this whole movement flips equality on its head. Um, it puts equal numbers over equality of treatment. And that's not just a constitutional value, it's an important societal value because it's the only way that we can make sure that people are free to be themselves, that people have the individual opportunity to achieve whatever they want to achieve and to not be judged or treated differently 
on arbitrary characteristics like what they've been born with. Nobody's opportunity should be limited because of the group that they were born into. Anastasia Boudin, Senior Attorney at Pacific Legal Foundation. It was great to have you on California Insider. Likewise, thanks for having me.